Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, and I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And thank you all so much for being here. Really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Want to give a special shout out to everybody in the chat as you all file in. I ask that you hit the like button. Come on. Come on. Come on in the room because we got a lot to discuss. We're going to be talking about running back Tony Jones Jr. headed west. And um, um, the reason why I'm having <clears throat> this podcast is because I, I feel kind of bad because, you know, I did a podcast earlier today, uh, earlier this morning. Shouts out to everybody that checked out the podcast. Yes, your boy is out here grinding, man, trying to give you all wall-to-wall coverage. And I didn't mention this. Um, At the time, I did not know that Tony Jones Jr., uh, you know, was claimed off waivers. I was actually talking about uh, Mark Ingram and um, answering a question about Mark Ingram. Has he, you know, has he missed a step or is is it over for Mark Ingram? And Tony Jones Jr. name came up, of course, because we're talking about the running back position. But then I got bombarded by people like, TJ, you know, Tony Jones Jr., he went to the Seahawks. He went to the Seahawks. At the time, I did not know, okay? I was at work, okay? And, and a lot of you that follow me already know, you know, my my responsibilities at work are changing, so I'm constantly focused on what the heck is going on at work. I did not pay attention to that, so I do apologize, but I wanted to do a show just for that because, uh, you know, I really wanted to address this because Tony Jones Jr. Uh, was a guy that, a lot of members of the who that nation you know felt that had a lot of promise you know i know he has been a healthy scratch uh over the last two games but based on the topic of conversation from the last show mark ingram the way he is playing it wouldn't be well within the saints rights to possibly go to tony jones jr if he was still there but this is the second week in a row two weeks in a row the new orleans saints allowed a vi <laughs> uh, uh, a viable 
running back, a talented running back to slip between their fingers. Now, they ended up waving Tony Jones Jr. In, in order for them to be able to get the team the way they needed it to be going into the game versus the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm pretty sure they probably thought that he was going to be there uh, when they got back. But this is the type of stuff that frustrates us as Saints fans. This is the type of stuff that, that really, really, truly frustrates us because we know for a fact that Sean Payton wouldn't allow something like this to happen. And the more I look at this coaching staff, the more I look at guys like Dennis Allen and all these other guys that's running the show, I have to say, man, I'm getting more substitute teacher vibes than actual mainstay teacher vibes from this coaching staff because there's no way in the world that Sean Payton would allow this to happen. Twice, okay? The first time it happened to you versus, you know, what it helped it uh, happened with Latavius Murray. It happened with him, right? You allowed him <laughs> to go to the Denver Broncos. Now you would think that, oh, we got Tony Jones. We don't want the same thing to happen. Somebody like him and pick him up. But the same thing happened again. And this calls for the New Orleans Saints to one, possibly, uh, probably have to sign another running back. Number two, probably use Kirk Merritt as maybe like a, a, another running back. Um, even maybe move Kurt Merritt to special teams and appoint Dwayne Washington as another running back to be a part of that trio, right? With Kamara, Ingram, and possibly Washington. But look, man, all I'm saying is, why aren't we dotting the I's and crossing the T's? You know, that's one thing that we can really truly appreciate about Sean Payton is that he was so meticulous, man. Even the small things he paid attention to. He understood, you know, language and verbiage and what teams could and can can and cannot do and this team right here man not only just on the field but also off the field it just seemed like they're just two steps behind everybody for some apparent reason but look tony jones jr going to the seattle seahawks this this isn't really a surprise uh that seattle decides to go out here and try to get another running back uh the fact that rashad penny who ran really well versus the new orleans saints on sunday uh, we know that uh, he has a uh, uh, what a fractured tibula, if I'm not mistaken. So he's out for the remainder of the season. And it's unfortunate because the guy worked himself back. He worked himself back to uh, playing a game of football, and he dealt with all of the rehab and everything like that. And it seemed like he was really uh, starting to hit his stride. And then all of a sudden, this happened. You can see when they carted him off the field, he had tears in his eyes. Uh, he was really hurt. And I was hurt for him, man. You, you hate to see guys who work so hard to get back on the field and they have a setback. So, man, my prayers go out to uh, Rashad Penny and um, hope his rehabilitation process is a full success where he can get back out there and really start, you know, doing what he does best, which is running the football. But Tony Jones Jr. going to Seattle, uh, we know that Tony Jones Jr. is a capable back. The only issue that I have with Tony Jones is he can't stay healthy, okay? I mean – we know that he's talented. I mean, to me, he's the greatest preseason running back I ever seen, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like watching, you know, a legendary running back in preseason. But when it gets to the regular season, you know, one yard to carry or he's going to end up being hurt. But I do think that Seattle is going to give him opportunity. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, they, they really, truly need him in order for him to step up 
Uh, they got the rookie out of Michigan State. Uh, he had that big, long 69-yard uh, touchdown. You know they're going to be relying on him to be that every down back. And Tony Jones Jr. can be that that change of pace back, you know. And I think this will give him a really good opportunity, an opportunity to really go out there and show what he's made of. I mean, for the last two weeks, once again, he was on the sidelines, street clothes. He was a healthy scratch. So this gives him an opportunity to go out there to spread his wings and, and really be the running back that the Saints uh, thought he was. Okay, so I'm happy for Tony Jones Jr. I'm always happy when guys uh, get better opportunities, rather it's with the New Orleans Saints or with another NFL team. You don't want to see these guys on the street. These guys are following their dreams, and when you know they're out of the league, it, it's hurtful to them. You know, so the fact that you know he can go somewhere and be able to do something, uh, you know, for a team and, and be able to contribute. Uh, that's that's a big move for Tony Jones Jr. But it also leaves a huge void and, and unanswered question at the running back position. I mean, you got to be concerned about Alvin Kamara. I understand that, you know, you ran the ball well when he and Taysom Hill this past week. But Mark Ingram, you're going to need a little bit more from him, even more now that you don't have a Tony Jones Jr., you know, behind him. Right. But you, you got to be able to count on Mark Ingram to be able to deliver the goods. And uh, hopefully he'll be able to get back to where uh, he was. I don't expect for Mark Ingram to be 2014, 2015 Mark Ingram when he was basically in his prime, but just to give them a little bit of a spark, a little bit of spark that they need. Okay, so that that's my that's my opinion on Tony Jones Jr. I would love to hear from you. Let me go ahead and read some of your comments and uh, answer some of your questions as well. I scroll up a little bit to the top and. Uh, we're going to go with Roderick. Roderick says, New Orleans Saints working out running backs today include Antonio Williams, uh-huh, uh, Jordan uh, Wilkins. All right, you got Jordan Howard and A.J. Rose. If I'm a betting man, they're going to go with Jordan Howard. They're going to go with Jordan Howard because Jordan Howard was with the New Orleans Saints a little bit of last year. Uh, they had him on the practice squad. So I expect them probably, if he if he uh, passes his physical, I think they're going to go with Jordan Howard because they're familiar uh, with him uh, being on the team so I think that Jordan Howard more than likely is, is going to be the guy that they select if they go with any one of those guys uh hey TJ if the Saints don't fumble versus Cincy y'all gonna say uh because Sean told AK and <laughs> and Mark uh and them not to on the interview uh, I definitely can't foresee that BS well look I thought that was extremely funny I seen that interview uh Sean Payton with Kay Adams which I have to admit, you know, at the beginning of the season, I was like, I can't see Sean Payton as a TV personality. His personality is kind of similar to that of Drew Brees. But boy, was I wrong with that. Uh, it shows to show you like how why why these players like him so much. You know, like he, he's showing a person a side of his personality that we didn't really see. Like we, we kind of just seen him kind of close mouth about injuries and didn't really give you much. You know, it kind of reserved, but it, you can really tell like being on television is really showing his true personality because, I mean, that was that was great stuff right there. If you didn't see that uh, interview with Kay Adams and Sean Payton on today, uh, you need to do yourself a <laughs> you need to do yourself a service and, and go check that out because, I mean, it was it was great stuff. Mark Ingram uh, contributes to the show. He comes on every week and uh, he didn't know that Sean Payton was going to be there. So they just kind of talk, chopped it up. And that is something that Sean Payton mentioned, you know, uh, about Alvin and, and, and Mark fumbling the football. So he was like, he, he's 
thinking about throwing a pillow through, you know, to his TV or whatever because all that fumbling they doing. But hey, man, you know, I, I did find it interesting though. While we talking about that, no cap, no filter, I found it very interesting that when Sean said that about AK and Mark fumbling. If you heard, if you listen, you can hear Mark say, oh, you know that ain't going to stand if you was here. Well, my thing is, like, why does it have to take Sean Payton to be there for you to know that you don't need to fumble, right? You know, so that that kind of stuck with me. You know, like, they, they was kind of joking and stuff like that, but I, I think there was some truth behind it. You know, like, the point of emphasis that Sean puts on keeping a ball in your possession, not fumbling the football. Okay, I think there's some validity behind it. Cause, you know, for him to say, yeah, this this one fly if you was here, why is it flying that that Dennis Allen is here? I, I'm 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 confused. Uh DA has not uh gleaned much uh from SP. Uh he was supposed to be uh picking up nuggets when uh, SP was there. Man, the only nuggets that boy picking up is the ones that you drop in your toilet bowl for real. Cause he that's what he's coaching like. Uh, for the last couple of weeks now i don't know what the heck is going on here but hopefully they can actually change that but right now i'm not really sold on this dude like this like i was willing to give him a chance at the beginning of the season but it's just certain things that i just expect for a head coach to do and what and what a head coach needs to be and i just think when it comes to like certain situations it seems like he's a dead headlights and also just the the way i just don't feel like there's much accountability There may be accountability, but not to the magnitude where I feel like a coach is really on his team behind because there's no way that he's actually on them like that because they're they're doing the same things over and over again. Uh, Let's see. uh, Saints are losing too many running backs off their roster. Well, the good thing about it is they – well, I won't say they're losing guys that ain't really contributing that much. Well, I guess I can say that. I mean, Latavius Murray only had like one game. Right, but it was a good game, and it and he was running well. But, um, yeah, it's not like really the the key guys that they're counting on every Sunday in order to perform. Like Latavius Murray only played because Alvin Kamara didn't. TJ, I understand about TJJ, uh, but Murray uh, wanted a chance uh, to start, and you know Mark been there, and they wasn't uh, going to uh, regulate him to the third running back. Yeah, I mean, that is true. You know, I understand about, like, Tony Jones Jr. getting the opportunity. Uh, I understand about Murray, too. I understand both cases, right? Because that's the Saints are going with Kamara and Ingram. That That's that's the one-two punch right now, regardless of how you may feel about Ingram and the way that he's playing and the way he's running the football. That's their one-two punch, and you add Taysom, that's their third. They might throw a little bit of Dwayne Washington up in that thing sometimes as well. I don't blame any one of these guys for wanting to go into uh, a situation where they can actually drive and and, and do some things and and actually, you know, show what they can do. I don't blame either one of them because regardless, like even if Latavius Murray was here, he still would be in spurts. He wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't get the full opportunity he's about to get uh, with the Denver Broncos. The Saints are creating problems for themselves. Uh, as soon as I got in here, I see profanity. I don't even know who we're talking about here. Uh, preseason hero. <clears throat> exactly. I just don't buy into the thought of guys thinking to themselves like, I don't respect my new coach, so I'm going to just have uh, ball security on this play, and it may cause a fumble, even though uh, this affects me. Look, 
I, I hate to say it, but I, I have to I have to disagree with it. You know, like man, there's okay. We are like if you're you're blessed enough to have like parents, grandparents, you know you have that one parent you can probably get away with a little bit of something. And then you got that other parent out there that's like, I can't do this, man. It, it, they ain't going for that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I gotta button up that top button. You know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta dot these i's and cross the t's because they ain't gonna let me do nothing i feel like there is a difference you know like there, there's there's a level of accountability there there's you know i think all these guys are accountable but there's there's a difference there's a difference in the delivery right if i was to tell somebody straight up like man you know what i've been looking at you um for a while like do your job here and I got to be honest with you, man. I think you're going about it the wrong way. I think that you may need to use this tool right here. And maybe if you use this tool, I think that it will make your jo job and make it doing it more effectively. That sounds pretty nice, right? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's some good idea. Versus, hey, look, man. Hey, bro, look, you've been at the same spot for the last couple minutes right here, man. All you got to do is use this tool right here. I mean, come on, man. You've been here for how long? It's a difference. You know what I'm saying? It, it's a it's a complete difference. You know what I'm saying? And the delivery and how you perceive certain things. Like, you know what I'm saying? There, there's ways where you can kind of like uh, teachable. And then there's a way that people might light a fire under your behind. Guys are wired differently. So one guy, you know what I'm saying? They probably would need a Sean Payton like to really kind of light a fire under them. And then you have some guys that kind of self-starters, self-motivators themselves. But what happens when you don't have that taskmaster type coach that's trying to get that guy that needs that fire under of him. What happens then? You're going to see like a guy kind of taper back. You'll probably see a little bit of an uptick of guys that, you know what I'm saying, that, that kind of, you know, bring their own fire. But it, it's a different, it's a different level of approach. I do feel like with coach, when it comes down to coaching, I think that it's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like guys respond differently to different coaches. Just like you respond different to different uh, respond differently to parents or you respond differently to coaches when you were you know playing organized sports i, I do think that it's a difference so i i just think that i look there, there's a way that you deliver things and sometimes it can be receptive and sometimes it won't these coaches aren't the ones fumbling the ball if they're making the right uh, play calls and reiterating ball security the players got to do their job too brandon you know what i'm saying yeah they got to do their job but where's the accountability where's the accountability i got a, i got a three-year-old son for those that don't know my son uh paxton all right um i can tell paxton hey paxton pick this up you know what i'm saying pick up that cup off the floor right if he drops a cup on the floor right but if i don't do anything behind it you know what i'm saying he drops it again like what's he gonna do if if your kid like just knocking the cup off the table, knocking the cup off the table, and he was like, "Don't you know what I'm saying? Don't knock it off the table now. Don't knock it off the table." Like the only thing he know that you're gonna get in response is maybe a finger wag. He's gonna be like, "Man, look, let me knock this thing off the table." Okay, it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt anything. But if I come over there and be like, "Hey, boy, you know what I'm saying? Like tighten up, man. Pick that up off the floor with a little bit of oomph in my voice." You know what I'm saying? Like he gonna know. Oh wait a minute, man. That that that's you know I don't want to upset daddy. You know what I'm saying? Let me pick this cup up off the floor. And so it, it's different, man. Like if, if you're gonna if you're fumbling the football, and you're like, all right, come on now. 
All right, come on now. Come on. We know better than that. Like, God dang, I know better than that. But come on, man. Where's the like where's the accountability? Like, where yeah, like Mark Ingram will fumble in the game. You don't see him no more for the rest of the game. No matter how great he was running. He can be getting five, six yards a clip, but you ain't gonna see him no more. But it just seems like here, guys fumble. Well, I fumble, you know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. I, I just think that it, it's a it like it's a way that you respond after a guy makes a mistake. Is how is how I feel like, you know what I'm saying, like a player is going to respond. Like if he know that you ain't no nonsense and he knows that his job is like really legitimately on the line if he fumbled his football, he going to think twice about doing so. So I, I do think that, you know, it, it matters. Did you see the Panthers looking to trade their running back? I heard about that, but I also heard that that wasn't true. I heard that I heard that in some circles, in some circles, they were saying that um, in, the, in the circles that matter, they said it wasn't true. OK, that 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 I, I heard. I heard from a, a person pretty close to the to the situation, because when I actually seen it, when I actually seen it, you know, what I'm saying I was like, I don't know about this. And it turns out it wasn't true. Uh, the Saints uh, should be drafting a running back every year. <laughs> we need to replicate what San Francisco does. Uh, give us small assets uh, to bet uh, bodies on the roster to move the ball. Let me tell you something, uh, KT. Uh, look, hindsight is twenty twenty. We, as of today, October 11, 2022, in the year of our Lord, we know now that the Saints are more of an effective team running the football as of right now. We didn't believe that at the end of the season. I mean, at the beginning of the season. We didn't we didn't realize that. We didn't realize that this team was a running team because of all of the talent that they had. Alave, Landry, Thomas, Juwan Johnson. Yeah, Taysom out there. You know what I'm saying? You got all these guys, these different talented wideouts. And then you had the arm strength and ability of a Jameis Winston. So we all just thought, man, the Saints about to be a, you know, aerial assault team. They about to just completely light it up. Okay, with Pete Carmichael averaging 400 and some yards as a play caller. I mean, how can we lose, right? But as we've seen as time went on, we realized that this team needs to revert or change the way that they are structured offensively. See, we need to suspend our, our thoughts of the days of yesteryear when the Saints were an aerial team and focus more on them being a running team. Now we know this. So it's impossible for the New Orleans Saints to be like, oh, we need to be drafting a running back every year, KT, because they didn't run an offense like that in years past. They they were relying on their passing game and, you know, also being able to dump the ball off to Kamara as being an extension of the running game and also maybe doing some stretch plays and running up the middle. But there wasn't a strong emphasis. How many times have we been on shows like this or called in the wwl or called in to some of your favorite podcasters out there and say hey man we need to run the football why aren't we running the football there was never really a true emphasis on running the football it was almost to a point where we were actually shocked when the new orleans saints re actually ran the football more than they actually threw it right so i just think that now they realize that and they feel like they can be a more an effective team at least i hope they do they can be a more effective team with more running backs. So maybe KT, maybe that's the direction they actually go in. 
maybe they will draft a running back, which they should, okay? Because Alvin Kamara is, is a talented guy, but you also need somebody to compliment him. And we all know that, you know, Mark Ingram, you know, I mean, he's towards the twilight of his career, especially as, as a running back. So you, you're gotta, going to have to be able to draft a running back, but maybe you will put some more emphasis on the running game, especially since you have some guys that are on the offensive line that are better run blockers than they are with pass protection. And then when you have Trevor Penning coming back, we all know that he graded very highly as, as a running, a, a, you know, a blocking, a run blocking uh, left tackle. So we'll see, you know, like, but at the beginning of the year, I mean, I can understand why the Saints didn't go in that direction. And I think we all can understand why they didn't go in that direction because of all the talent that they had at the wide receiver position. You know, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they want to go for, you know, you know, throw the ball for two, 300 yards a game when you got that much talent out there to catch the football? I'm, I mean, give Kamara uh, some taste some wildcat plays, but throw uh, in some screens to tight ends. Yeah, I agree. You know, like I used to like that play uh, 808, you know, when when Drew Brees used to like dump the ball off to Josh Hill, you know what I'm saying, on on the right sidelines. I mean, that play seemed like it worked like all the time. So, yeah, I do think that they need to get back to that. And I think they need to use, you know, that that screen game, like you mentioned, you know, using those tight ends. I think Adam Troutman and Jawan Johnson are capable of, of being able to execute those plays like Josh Hill. And if you have a guy like Jawan Johnson, he definitely can because he has a, a pass as a wide receiver before he moved to being a tight end. So he still is capable of making some plays at, at you know, like a wide receiver can. TJ, did you uh, see the Raiders blow that game last night? It was idiotic to go for two with four minutes, 27 seconds left when you could have just tied the game. Uh, No, I, I didn't. I didn't catch the game. I did not catch the game uh, last night um i actually i actually went to a restaurant with my wife and my son all right um and 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 believe this or not um i get home from work yesterday and my wife uh tells me maybe like i think like a couple days ago and i completely forgot about it but there was this lady that was supposed to come to our house and give us like some type of presentation about some type of special humidifier slash vacuum cleaner that's supposed to suck all the dust and dirt and make your house like super clean. So this this uh, presentation slash infomercial lasted about two hours, right? My wife was told like it was supposed to last like 30 minutes to an hour, you know what I'm saying? It shouldn't hurt. Later, we wind up like lady showing us like different type of instruments of the vacuum cleaner and all the dust that we have in our house from sucking up a little bit of an area. Then she gave us a little, you know, test drive. We can vacuum upstairs. And I think we were both over it after that. So we ended up going out to eat. And I'm saying that to say this, it was the beginning of the game. Okay. So I seen the, the 50 yard touchdown uh, to Devontae Adams from Derek Carr. And I seen when Max Crosby sacked uh, Patrick Mahomes for the first time, but no, I didn't see the end of the game. Uh, because quite honestly, man, you know, I was just, I was just chilling for the most part. And <laughs> I watched a little bit of wrestling and, you know, joked around with my wife for a little while before they went to sleep. So yeah, I didn't really catch it, but I, I do know that Travis Kelsey had <laughs> seven catches for 25 yards and four touchdowns. So, but yeah, man, I mean, that, that vacuum cleaner thing, I mean, look, it was a good vacuum cleaner. First off, it costs too much. And secondly, I'm like, man, it, 
I'm like, man, I was ready to go. You know, <laughs> I mean, two hours talking about a vacuum cleaner, man. Like, I can't, I can't even remember. Like, I'll let y'all know what the name of it is. Like, once uh, I, I come back, my wife probably knows because she was like more into it. You know, Paxton, like I was kind of watching him because anytime we have guests at our home, you know, he wants to, you know, kind of do his own thing. You know how kids are, man. They want that attention. Foolish of the Raiders to do that. It was insane. Uh, last night, the game was fixed. I think you can say that about <laughs> a few of these games, the way they've been officiated. Put Debo on uh, Chase Roby on board and uh, safety help with Higgins. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't know about uh, Lattimore. You know, I, I don't know if he's going to play, man. I think he might have bruised his ribs or something like that. The way the way that looked, it looked like, you know what I'm saying, like he, he, you know, talking about an abdomen injury. That man got some bruised ribs somewhere. I agree. We have Kamara, Ingram, and Hill, uh, crazy tail. Dalton can uh, excite those runs and hit a wide open pass when he needs it. Yeah, look, uh, all you got to do is just stay ahead of the chains. And they've done it. They did a good job last game. But that defense was trash. Okay, I would like to see that uh, with a formidable defense. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Evans needs to step it up. I agree. I mean, but he's not really a starting safety. You know what I'm saying? Like a slat, you know, a nickel. You know, like he he kind of just there because PJ is not playing. What up, TJ? Y'all hit the like button. With all the injuries we have, including the live and now Lattimore, I still believe we can make a strong push through the second half of the season. Your thoughts? Well, look, I ain't liking what I'm seeing. I'm not buying what I'm sell what they selling me last week uh seattle is a really good offense but their defense is terrible and i need to see that against a formidable team before i just say okay man they trying to round the corner here i need to see it again all right i don't know um i know that this team is 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 not a very disciplined team and just because you got a little cologne in the air and we can smell the aroma don't mean that the body still ain't musty you know what i'm saying like we can smell it, we can smell the cologne, all right. But still, you know what I'm saying? Look, we taking a little whiff, get a little closer, you know what I'm saying? We can smell a hard day's work. So I'm still not impressed just yet. I'm glad they won, but I don't think this absolves them of everything that they've been going through. And I still think inside, deep down inside, there's still a very undisciplined football team. So I'm I'm look, I'm optimistic. I think look, they have the talent to do this. But if they continue to get in their own way like they've shown over the last couple of weeks, they won't. But I'm I'm still not sold on them, man, because I still feel like they're a very undisciplined football team. I mean, the thing about it is, like, the team that they played last week was just as undisciplined as them. So (laughs) it was the battle of the undisciplined. Who was more undisciplined? And looks like Seattle was. Uh, Man, Trey is coming. Uh, They say Hurst better be ready. Yeah, he's going to be ready to – he gonna be ready to uh go and ref on. So yeah, Trey Hendrickson, uh, they they better be they better watch out for him. Uh ATJ, the number one thing I see in the Chris Olave is that he's not scared of the moment and he's a dog when it comes to contested catches. What stands out uh to you about him? Well, I think his route running ability stands out. I think he's a much better route runner and he's much stronger than a lot of people give him credit for. Like a lot of people think that you know he was kind of small and you know, but he he's a very he can be physical when he wants to be. And also, you know, what I'm saying he can win his matchups. And, you know, it didn't surprise me, uh, King Arthur, the fact that, you know, he he's so successful and he's not really blinded by the lights because 
he played on a big stage throughout his entire college career at Ohio State. He played in some really big moments and big bowl games, some really some games with some big implications. So I don't expect for him to shrink in a moment uh, just because he's in the NFL. He's playing like he belongs here because I'm pretty sure he probably told himself a long time ago he's going to the NFL. So I, I, I like the fact that he's much he's much more physical than people gave him credit for because you know, a lot of people looked at Chris Olave as that downfield threat, you know, the guy to take the top off the defense because that's what he was at Ohio State. But now, you know, you look at him, he's more fundamentally sound. Like him being able to take the top off the defense is just basically icing on the cake. Like you could, he can do some of the things that, that Michael Thomas can do. Like, in, in, you know what I'm saying, in short yardage situation, you can put him on that quick slant. You can, you can make him do shallow crosses. He can be able to make those catches. So, he, he is a guy that is definitely worth uh, the Saints being able to move some things around. Like, we're not very happy about the positioning and where the Saints are, especially, you know, the way they've been playing and giving their draft picks to the Eagles. But you have to admit, like, I don't think anybody's mad at the result of what that trade actually entailed. Us getting Chris Olave because he's a special player. So, yeah, I, I think that – uh. I think that he's incredible. And honestly, you know, he can be one of those guys like years down the line being that that number one receiver for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I think it's all going to come together, but I hope uh, it's in time. Well, look, time is running out. You got to be able to win some of these games. Look, here's the thing. If the Saints lose to the Cincinnati Bengals this Sunday, which I hope they don't, but if they don't, it's not the end of the world. I mean, if they do, it's not the end of the world. I'd rather them go on Thursday to beat the Arizona Cardinals because that's an NFC opponent. That's an opponent that you need to beat in order to stay ahead of the curve in the playoff race because now you, you got some teams kind of heating up and they're going to start to figure some things out in the NFC and you got to stay ahead of the curve, okay? The teams that you lost to, for the most part, for the exception of Minnesota, you'll get an opportunity to play again. You'll get an opportunity to play Tampa. You'll get an opportunity to play Carolina. And hopefully you'll be able to win those games. You already beat Atlanta. So if you can go out there and beat those guys again and maybe stay ahead of the curve with those NFC opponents, then you can find yourself maybe in a playoff picture. But the Saints cannot be slipping up and they cannot allow these self-inflicted wounds to continue because they're going to be on the outside looking in. There's only so many times you're going to be able to make these mistakes and you're going to be able to make up for them. It's going to come a time when it's like week 18 and you you won't be able to. So whatever's going on, they got to be able to fix this right now. And they can't just be patting themselves on the, on the back like we won and finally, you know what I'm saying, on that three-game skid, we finally won. No, man, it's 1-0, and oh, okay? It, it's not just a statement. It's a way of life, all right? You got you to gotta psychologically program your mind that you're 1-0. and oh. Keeping it real, uh, Eli will get handled. <laughs> I better not see uh, Chris Harris on the outside, put him in a nickel. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to put him in a nickel or they'll probably put him in a position where uh, P.J. Williams was if he plays a little bit of safety. Uh, Those fake penalties, we could be about undefeated, though, for real. I don't know about undefeated, but there are some some penalties that happen in games that really cost the Saints and uh, could have warranted a, a different outcome. Roiz shows some progress. We still have his uh, trade off on standby for a pair of LA gears. <laughs> Real over rich. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's playing much better, so that that's a that's a plus. I'm not buying the run, run, run. Uh, if you can't pass, then you are predictable. Pete had no choice uh, to run the ball because of who was playing wide receiver, but it's not like he was going to call uh, the right play. Well, he did. <laughs> he did Sunday. <laughs> he called the right players on Sunday. They did work. So, look, I'm not going to – look, we can't poo-poo on the guy all the time and not give him credit when he does something well, all right? We got to applaud the guy when he does something well. We can't just, you know, continue to add on to it and like, ah, you know, like we got to give credit where credit is due. The game plan that happened last week was good. They ran the ball 48 times. But here's the thing. You're saying that you, you can't run, run, run. Uh, Yes, you can. You can run, run, run. You you can have a team that is dominant, a dominant run team. And you can also, you know, have a team, you know, that, that set up the play action. If you looked at that game versus the Minnesota Vikings, the game really started to open up for the New Orleans Saints when they were able to get, when they were able to run the football, when they was able to use Latavius Murray and he was getting five and six yards a clip. Now you have to have the, the team putting eight in the box. Now that sets up the play action, right? So it opens up the field for your wide receivers to be able to make catches. And of course, Alpha Sports, this can work, man, because we've seen a team in the Tennessee Titans utilize this for years, okay? And it only got them what? Knocking on the door of the Super Bowl, AFC Championship, Divisional Round, number one seeds. You got the San Francisco 49ers. Like they ran the ball. I mean, they ran the ball down the throats of the Green Bay Packers. Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball 10 times. So I'm just saying, like, if you think that running a ball can't be, you know what I'm saying? Like they can't just do that. They can. Okay. I just think that we as fans, sometimes we fall in love with the passing game. Because we want the passing game to be so successful. We want people to throw the ball down the field. But, man, if you have a potent running attack, if you got an offensive line that can get a push and you can open up some lanes for these running backs, you definitely can be a running team. And if you look at this team, Alpha Sports, they are a running team because they're more successful as a running team. Because I feel like the, the way the Saints are going to obtain success is going to be to establish the run and set up the play action and also to set up like i said some open lanes because if you are starting to really click running a football you you got the defense has to account for it so it's going to open up one-on-one matchups and when you have jarvis landry and michael thomas and chris Olave when they come back it's going to be detrimental to a lot of defenses out there so i do say run 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 the football especially since you know that your offensive line are better runner run blockers than they are when it comes to pass protection we all know that. And plus, and, you know, shouts out to, uh, you know, shouts out to Zach Streif, you know, guy's been on the show, you know, before. He he said this to me. He said, man, offensive linemen <laughs> really hate pass blocking. He said they'd rather run block. You know, they'd rather run block than, pass, than do the pass protection. Yeah, sometimes, you know, we, we run the ball over and over. And, I mean, throwing the ball over and over and over again. <laughs> I'm over there looking at Sean like, come on, can we run the ball? You know, like, so. They they like that, you know, and I just think that you can find success running the football. I, I I understand like what the passing game look like. I understand that it's it's sexy and exciting, and nothing nothing beats a big play like a sixty yard bomb down the field. But uh uh what a touchdown on a two yard run 
is equivalent to a 65-yard touchdown pass, okay? The 65-yard touchdown pass may look good, may look better than a two-yard run, but guess what? They both equal six points. So I don't care how they do it, okay? It's best for you to understand who you are, all right? You know, if you see an elephant, you know what I'm saying? You walking down the street, you see an elephant, and he's saying, <laughs> cock a doo do you know what I'm saying? Like, what the heck going on here? Like, this is weird right here. You know, like, what the heck is going on? Like, you know what I'm saying? You are who you are. Like, no need to change what you are. And what the Saints are are a better running team. It just, it's just unconventional to some Saints fans out there because for years we've been known for being a passing team. But I don't care. Like, transitioning to being a, a more run-dominant team, I have absolutely no problem with. Because to me, I feel like those are the type of games that's going to help you win in, in January. If you have a running game, you're going to win in January. I don't care. Who, like, we talking about throwing the ball all over the place, but guess what? It all comes down to the running attack, okay? When it's cold out there, you know, you, you playing in some of these inclement weather, you know what I'm saying, stadiums, you have to go to Green Bay. I mean, you got to go to New York. Like, you got to bring that running game with you. Philly. I'm talking about some of these top teams that are probably going to end up being one of them top seeds when it's all said and done, okay? You might get a dome team in there, but the way Philly looking like right now, that's a cold-weather team. The way the Giants looking like right now, that's a cold-weather team. Green Bay, you know they're going to be up in there somewhere. That's a cold-weather team. So a running attack, you can take anywhere with you, okay? You ain't going to be able to throw the ball all over the place in January in, at Lambeau Field when it's, when it's below zero, all right? So – I say you learn how to run the ball right right now, and then you can be able to throw, you know what I'm saying, run it down their throat, and it sets up the play action. And we know that, you know, that opens up lanes for really talented receivers. Man, I love a dope run game. That's my favorite. Yeah, I love the running game. I, I just think that we fall in love with the excitement aspect of the passing game, right? Throwing the ball all over the place. Like, oh, man, that's so exciting. Oh, I can't believe this. Like, man, look at that pass. Like, Look what Patrick Holmes did. He just threw the ball behind his back. Oh, he didn't know looked it. Like, I don't care about any of that stuff, man. I care about winning. I don't care. Like, you don't get style points. This ain't the BCS, right? This ain't the early 2000s. You ain't getting no points off style points when it comes to the offensive innovation. I Look, run the football if it works. Throw the football if it works. Me personally, I think that they need to establish themselves as a running team. And, and they need to be a little bit more physical because – Quite frankly, you know, they're a little soft at times. Uh, let's see. Uh, I want to. I want to see. I want to see some screen plays too. Taysom, Kamara, and Alave can eat off those plays. Yeah, I mean, look. I think you'll get back to the screen game as, as time goes on. You know, I, I, we seen a very good screen play by Alvin Kamara last week, and maybe they can capitalize on that going forward. Run the ball, get first down, control the clock, defense stays fresh, sounds good to me. Exactly, okay? You don't want to exhaust your defense because they're always on the field. Like, you got to think about snap counts here, okay? I don't, I know we don't pay attention to that, but when the offense is not successful, that's more time the defense is spending on the field. And that's more, ch- that's more chances that leaves your defense susceptible for guys getting hurt. You know, guys, you know what I'm saying, like maybe getting beat on plays because they're exhausted. So you got there's a reason why they call it complimentary football. There's a reason why they call it that. There's a reason why they call it complimentary because <laughs> you need one another, right? You feed off one another. You 
you need one another to be successful at whatever that particular side does because it, it makes the load it's basically like putting marbles on a scale here. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know how it is, man. A little scale that your grandma used to have on her kitchen table. You put a marble there, it drops down. You know what I'm saying? You want the same amount of marbles so it can balance off. But what happens when it doesn't balance off, right? You know what I'm saying? You're gonna see a whole you're gonna have a, a huge mess. Marbles from the left side or the right side are gonna fall clean on the floor, and you're gonna have to find yourself picking them up, right? So you need balance in order for you to be able to sustain success as a team. So maybe that does include running a football. Uh, I think is uh, there is potential for Hill to make plays down the field, uh, slide it as a receiver also. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think, you know, line them up at the tight end position. I think that, you know, I think that that would be beneficial to him. I mean, look, I think he's capable of making plays anywhere at this particular point. And also, it is a huge weapon to have because, Teams don't know how to approach him because he can do a multifaceted of things. Uh, the running game is more exciting if you're pulling off 15 to 80 yard runs, rather it be on Madden or in real life. Well, look, there's nothing like a 50 or 60 yard run, heck, even an 80 yard run. That's, I mean, that's that's just in, insane. But look, I, I I love a long run, but I also love when a, a team is driving, right? When they're driving and 10, 12 play drive and they're getting first downs and they're controlling the clock and everything is going right. You know, I was uh, looking at uh, shots out to my guy T-Bob and uh, Jacob Hester, you know, off the bench. And they were talking about there's nothing more greater than a four minute drill. And they're right. You know what I'm saying? Like those last four minutes when, it, it, you know, you got to lead, you got the ball. You know what I'm saying? You get a couple first downs, you know, and, and you'll be able to take a knee in victory formation. There's nothing better than that. And they're right. You know, like I, I don't, I don't need a one place, seventy five yard drive. I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that. Okay. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you may not even want that. Sometimes, like you want to score as quickly as possible, and you want to score as many points as you possibly can. But sometimes it's it just not gonna happen. You gotta have that patience. You gotta have that patience of that ten to twelve play drive. You gotta have that patience. Maybe this guy, you know what I'm saying, gets about five yards this time, one yard this time, one yard this time, and then another four yards this time. Like, you got to have that level of patience. And I get it, man, because we're wired to feel like every play is supposed to result in a touchdown. And a lot of us don't really have the patience to be able to watch a guy, you know what I'm saying, like slowly and methodically wear down a defensive front because, you know, we like, oh, this ain't working. But in a way it is because around third or fourth quarter, well, my big, well, my big guys that they played on the line, right? Around the third or fourth quarter, you keep on smashing into that running back, even though he may be small or he may be big. Around that time, man, you just getting tired of, you know what I'm saying, going for, you know what I'm saying, for three quarters. So you slowly wearing that, that guy down. It's, it's like a 12-round fight. Uh, Quine has been good with the Jets. If he was injury prone, TJ, do you think the Saints would have uh, switched to a four-three defense? Uh, no, I don't think that Quan Alexander is 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 uh, creating that type of wave. No, no, I do not. I, I don't. I, I don't think that they would have uh, done that. I, I assume you mean a three-four defense, but no, I, I don't feel like I don't feel like they would have done that. I, I do not want to see the Saints in a three-four. Okay, I'm having nightmares about Rob Ryan. I, I don't look. 
No, no, they they good where they at. Oh, where, where they at, man? Bishop Bowinkle, where you at? Where you at, man? Hell no, to the no, 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 hell to the no. Nah, man, uh-uh. Nah, no three fours, no three. <laughs> but I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm I'm happy for him though. Really excited for him, but uh, nah. No lie, if DA ever do something like what the Raiders did to blow that game, I want a job on a platter. No room for that kind of incompetence. Yeah, well, you know, Josh McDaniel, okay? Birds of a feather kind of flock together. That's how I feel about both of those guys right now. TJ, predictably is irrelevant. Predictability is irrelevant. Uh, ask the Browns, could they stop Atlanta, who they basically did in in-game benching of Mariota and ran the ball 17 straight times, and they knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I, I I don't – look, I feel like if it's working, it's working, okay? And if you continue to do something, eventually it's going to work for you. But you got to be able to have the patience. I, I don't know if people just have the patience to be able to watch the running game anymore. You know, like they just like, is it this works or it's not working? But in a way, it is working. Taysom was amazing uh, catching a ball in that 2019 Cardinal game, or was it 2020? Um, I want to say, did they play the Cardinals? I think that was maybe 2019. I don't think they played the Cardinals in 2020. That was 2019. I don't remember them playing the Cardinals at all. Yeah, that was 2019 because that was the year with – because that was Drew Brees. Drew Brees played in that game, and that was his first game back from that thumb injury that he had. Uh, To me, it don't matter about being predictable – is can you stop it or, or not? I don't care. Uh, if you know what I can do, my concern is can you stop it? Yeah. It's the same, it's the same logic that we have when it comes to like when people talk talking about Michael Thomas and calling him slant boy. Well, if all he's doing is running slants, why you can't stop it? Who cares? Okay. If he all he did was run slants, you can't stop it. So it's kind of that same that same theory, right? You know, the same statement. Like if if, if you know. If I'm running the ball constantly over and over again, you can't stop it. Why stop? I don't know. Somebody tell me. Uh, just like the divisional game with the Saints and the Eagles, where they were like a 15-yard drive, just wore uh, them boys down uh, when they thought uh, they had us 14 or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, but the Saints ended up coming back, winning that football game, and I'm happy. That was, that was, a, that was a good game. Uh, hit that like button. Yeah, uh, 204 people watching this right now. I ask that you hit the like button. Uh, I just hope our run uh, defense comes back from vacation early, sooner or later, because I'm trying to find where did it go. <laughs> yeah, that, that is something that is uh, very alarming. Um, usually we have a really good run defense, but they, they have not been the run defense that we're used to. And that's something I wish would come back. Put both Kamara and Taysom in a backfield with Dalton on the center with three stud wideouts, Mike T, Olave, Jarvis Landry. How how you stop that formation? I don't know. Hopefully we find that out really soon. And hopefully these guys can come back and be healthy and be on one accord. It's like Michael Thomas go out and then Jarvis got hurt. Now Chris Olave, he's not going to play. I'm I'm pretty sure Chris Olave not going to play. Especially with all these new concussion protocols. I don't see him going out there. So... I think I don't know. Maybe maybe Mike Thomas will come back. Depends on the magnitude of this this toe injury. Now, what's going on with these toe injuries, man? Trevor Penning toe injury, Deontay Hardy toe injury. You got Michael Thomas with toe. What what the heck is going on, man? Like what are they teaching here? You know what I'm saying? Like what's going on with the cleats? 
Why everybody got a toe injury? Everybody big toe hurting. <laughs> Remind me of that, you know, Jamie Foxx that time. Y'all watch that. <laughs> when he was acting like R. Kelly was like, big toe, big toe. Big toe, big toe. Everybody big toe hurting. <laughs> Talking about my big toe, big toe. Talking about my big toe, big toe. <laughs> everybody toe hurt. <laughs> To me, it don't matter about being predicted. Oh, I think I already read that, uh, Chosen. Ever throw down a little bit. Everybody big toe hurting. <laughs> turf toe, turf toe. I'm injured with that turf toe, turf toe. <laughs> I was running in that slant. Then I went towards out of bounds. And then I seen Dennis Allen in my face. I started limping. He said, are you okay? And I had to let him know that it was my big toe, big toe, big toe. I think I got that turf toe, turf toe. <laughs> I'm out for two. I'm out for four. I'm out for six weeks. They put me on aura. how I got up in this thing. All right, that's enough. <laughs> Let's see. I like that they're bringing up Rasheed to play this week. Man, they need to. They need to, man. Hey, Rasheed Shahid. I mean, we know what he did at Weber State, uh, breaking all type of collegiate records as a as a um as a kick returner, man. So it'd be good to see what he could actually do, man. And they need a little bit of a spark on special teams. Dalton is the starter for this season. Can't wait to see how this year turns out. If you say so, man. Look, if you happy, if you like it, I love it. You know what I'm saying? If you, I don't care who it is, as long as they win. Sing that ish. <laughs> turf toe, turf toe. I'm talking about my turf toe, turf toe. <laughs> I seen a doctor and he told me I was going to be out for two to four weeks. Oh, no. I'm on Iora and I got this big old rap on my big old toe. Big toe, big toe. Said I got. <laughs> turf toe, turf toe. <laughs> Outdoor Live here is something about a big toe. <laughs> Whoever Eli Apple going, I need them to have a field day. <laughs> Doctor gave me. <laughs> <laughs> doctor gave me staying on my feet. Doctor said you out just like Andrew P. <laughs> doctor got me staying on my feet. Doctor said you out like my boy Andrew P. <laughs> TJ, let me find out you were singing back in the day. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> Big toe, big toe. TJ, let me find oh, <laughs> I can't take the till so much longer. Help. Uh, we weren't expecting the concert. Hey man, big <laughs> but for real though, all jokes aside, man. Don't it see like everybody like okay, Trevor Penny, Mike T, <laughs> Deontay Hardy, like everybody dealing, everybody dealing with a big toe, man. Everybody with a toe injury. Is this a toe? I mean, it could be anything. Yep, look, turf toe ruined Deion Sand. Hey, he ain't lying. You ain't lying, man. Coach Prime had to get his uh his his toes amputated, man. I want to say at least what two of them. 
bless that brother, man. Bless that brother. But yeah, they ain't, ain't nothing to. But I, I will say this. I will say this when it comes to uh, science and technology and everything. You know, when it comes to the advancement of all those things, I think that they can kind of prevent guys from dealing with that. The problem was with, with Coach Prime. I want to say he had these these injuries, but I don't think he uh, got surgery. And that was, you know, the biggest issue. That was the biggest issue. But, yeah, seemed like, you know, when it comes to the toe, everybody got one. <laughs> well, everybody got one. But when it comes to injuries, when the Saints, everybody got one. Who that, TJ? If you haven't yet uh, need to listen to Juno Bond, Taysom Hill song. <laughs> yeah, I heard it, man. Yeah, uh, John o, man, he <laughs> – Jono, man, like shouts out to him, man. Thank you for the four nine nine hood Jew. Yeah, he, you know, we had him on a on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, man. Funny guy, good dude, like just yeah, man. Shouts out to him, man. Jono does an outstanding job at creating these things. I remember we was talking about like <laughs> a, a particular idea, and I'm talking about like as soon as the interview ended, this dude created like a, a whole like. <laughs> Like a, a whole little sketch about this, man. The dude is like really super talented. And it's only a matter of time. I'm telling you, man, it's only a matter of time before we see him like like really blow up. Like we, I've, I've seen this movie before. Like guys who who have this creative this creativity and, you know, they end up like ended up on wilding out. They end up like doing their own thing. So it's, it's a matter of time, man. TJ was backing up R&B groups in the 90s. Nah, no, nah, I wouldn't. Definitely wouldn't. <laughs> we might need to have an <laughs> evaluation on these training staff because lately we've been hurt, hurt. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they were supposed to have a new strength and conditioning coach, but obviously, man, he's supposed to be the same dude we came from Alabama or something like that, and guess it ain't work out. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sean Payton always made sure everyone wore better cleats. <laughs> Man, look, I don't know what they wearing now. I don't know what they wearing, but it ain't working. TJ, do you think Saints need another running back? Yes, they do. And that's what the reason why they're working some out right now. But I know they uh, got a few guys in there, including uh, Josh Howard, who I feel like they're going to end up going with. Uh, our buyers until week 14 this season will almost be over. Yeah, then you're dealing with all these injuries now. Hey, TJ, so far uh, earlier, we're not getting sacks out of Davenport if this continues is this is last year in New Orleans um I think they might end up paying him but you know based on like his production and where he's at and him being injury prone over the years I think you know they'll be able to get him for the cheap I don't think nobody gonna really try to throw no no money at him you know I don't think nobody gonna really throw no money at him uh, I think the Saints might get him relatively cheap based on his injury history and you know some of the things that he endured but but he'll he'll still be here because they like him. It seems like uh there are a lot more injuries since they took a game from preseason and added it to a regular season. I want to know if that's the reason. It's because these dudes ain't health. I mean, because these dudes ain't like football already going into the season. When when people used to play in preseason, it was kind of getting them ready and, and and putting them in football shape. A lot of these guys getting injured because they basically have been stationary for three weeks. Some of these guys don't even play in preseason. So I think that that that's the big issue in my opinion if you want beef <laughs> just taste them uh don't say something <laughs> just taste them 
Uh, damn, man, that big toe stuck in my uh, head. <laughs> Time to freestyle. Hey, man, we can make a we can make an R and B joint out of anything over here, man. We that creative over here now. We <laughs> TJ, <laughs> what you think? What I think about Marlon Mack? I think Marlon Mack is extremely talented, but I also feel like him and Alvin Kamara kind of got the same type of skill set. Both catch the ball out of backfield. I think I, I will say this. I think Marlon Mack is a little bit a little bit more elusive than uh, Alvin Kamara. You know, I'm talking about like with jukes. I ain't talking about like making people miss. I'm talking about like he can set you up. You know what I'm saying? He 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 has some some a little wiggle to him. You know what I'm saying? Like Alvin Kamara, he does as well. But I I think Alvin Kamara is more. Of, he, he's more like strategic with his his elusiveness. You know what I'm saying? Like he kind of. Like, why are you thinking he already two steps ahead of what you already thought about? So I think it's a different level of running. But, yeah, I like Marlon Mack. TJ, honest question. Uh, do you think D.A. is aggressive enough? Uh, as in that, I mean, do you think he needs to put his foot down more? Well, look, you can't fake the funk, Lee, okay? Can't fake the funk, all right? Um, you know, sometimes, like, people try to change up their personality with people that know him. It don't work out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like you are who you are. Like. Wherever he is right now, these guys have seen him be that way. So he can't go out. Of, he can't get out of his position because guys won't respect that because they like, man, that ain't you. You being somebody else. So wherever he is right now, I feel like that's who he is and that's who he's going to be, you know, for the remainder of the time he's a coach. So there's no need to change that. So if you're allowing things to go by and, oh, guys, you know better than that. And that's your personality. You're just going to have to roll with it because as soon as you change up, Guy's not going to believe no more. I mean, and all of a sudden, you're going to end up losing the locker room. So you got to find ways that's around the personality you have right now in order for you to be able to fix some things that's that's broken. Uh, Dennis Allen needs to make sure everybody's wearing something better than Chuck Taylor's whole <laughs> Well, look, I, look, they need to be they need to be wearing like I don't even know if it's the, it's the shoes that they wearing, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm just weird. Everybody toe hurting these days. TJ Super Bowl picks uh too early. <laughs> too early. Eggman a playoff. TJ, uh, which running back would you like for us to get in Tony Jones Jr. play? Jot uh Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is a, a good, solid running back. Reminds me a little bit of Latavius Murray. Big build, good size. Uh get you those extra yards. He's a he's a guy that can, you know what I'm saying? Like that's a little bit of a power back and you know, he's a one-cut guy. You know what I'm saying? That, that's basically what you need, man. You just need some guy that can move the chains. Give you three, four yards while, you know, uh, AK get a little electrolytes where you can get the other six. That, that's all you need, man. That's all you need. But, yeah, Jordan Howard is a guy right now. And if you can't get him, then, you know, let's see what Bo Scarborough doing. You know, he did a really good job for the Birmingham Stallions. Uh, maybe he can do, do good for the Saints. Uh, it's easy to run versus the 29 deep versus the run. The Bengals are number four versus the run. Yeah, Alpha, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I mentioned this before. I don't know if you, uh, you know, caught the other show, but I did mention this. I said, I got to see this versus a, a formidable opponent. Like, this this team was terrible at stopping the run, okay? Um, let's see it against a team that's formidable. Let's see what they can do then, okay? If they go out there and they putting up 100, over 100 yards, Against a Bengals team, then you then you got my attention. But right now, not so much. Uh, whatever happened to Sheldon Rankins? Uh, he plays for the Jets. He's in his final year 
of his contract with the Jets? Yeah, I mean, let me see. That's a good question. I mean, I know he's playing for the Jets. Uh, let me see. Let me let me check his uh stat line. I mean, I I've been I keep up with former Saints players. You know, shouts out to uh Marcus Williams, man. Hope you have a speedy recovery. I know he had a dislocated uh wrist. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully you have a speedy recovery, man. Shouts out to that brother. But uh, let let's see. Um, Sheldon Rankins. Okay, Sheldon Rankins as of right now has a uh, 18 tackles, one sack. Okay, for this this season. So he's playing right now. Uh, playing pretty good. Okay, as a uh, interior lineman. Yeah, I miss him, man. You know, I, I like Sheldon Rankins. I think he was really good at stopping the run. Had those injury bugs though, man. But uh. I miss him. That 2018 season, man, he was he was probably top five interior lineman in the league. Uh, I expect a huge year out of Davenport. He was uh, our most dominant player on, on D last year, in my opinion. When he uh, came back uh, from his injury, we started averaging like four sacks or something uh, close to that. Well, uh, you know, the Saints always kind of start slow when it comes to getting pressure on the quarterback. And then you start to see them kind of, you know, elevate a little bit. So. They just they just slow out the gate, but I mean Cam Jordan did have a you know a sack and a sack and a half. Uh, I mean Davenport he had a sack last week, a uh, half a sack, but he's still getting pressure, man. He just ain't getting home. It's kind of the same thing what happened with Cam before he uh you know went out on COVID and lost his mind when he got back. You know he was getting them pressures, but he wasn't getting them sacks, and then all of a sudden he started getting home. And I think the same thing gonna happen with uh with Davenport. So we'll see, man. We'll see. I, I, I'm not giving up on Davenport. He's still, he's still doing a really good job on that edge, man. It's not just always about sacking a quarterback. It's about stopping the run too. And as y'all can see, you know, Cam Jordan does a really good job at that. And he takes a lot of pride in it. And if you don't believe me, just, uh, I just say, take a look at a, a, a defensive end by the name of Dexter Manley. All right. Really good pass rusher, but suck when it comes to stopping the run. TJ, this rough in the passing situation is getting out of hand. You can't hit a quarterback too high, too low. And when you wrap him up and sling him, it's still a flag. What the defender's supposed to do at this point? Huh, put a pillow down on the ground and let him lay on it. Look, man, all it all it comes down to is them trying to protect their investment. They understand that the quarterback is the most important position on the field. It's the moneymaker. It's what everybody pay attention to. It's the reason why people tune in to some of these primetime games because they want to see Mahone because they want to see Brady, because they want to see Rodgers, and nobody wants to see a game where you're seeing Mitchell Jabisky going against Jacoby Brissett or watching a stinker like they had last week where Russell Wilson was taking on a washed-up Matt Ryan, all right? You know, nobody want to see that, all right? Everybody want to see the premier quarterbacks, and the way you do that is making sure that you protect them, and that's what they're trying to do. Like, they can try to hide it and try to say they protect the rules and all that kind of stuff, but that is not the case. They want to protect these quarterbacks because these quarterbacks are are important to their bottom line. It's just as simple as that. Okay, so as long as that continues to happen, Chosen, you're going to continue to have this. And it's going to continue to sell it again. And, you know, I also don't like the fact how they're talking about, well, we don't want to slow down the game. We're going up to four hours. Who cares? Okay, tell that to the team that's getting screwed out of these penalties. Right. You think they care if you're going to be there four hours? I don't care if you have five hours. Look, get this thing right so I can get a chance to win this football game. So I don't care about a a long football game. I don't care about that. They're talking about time. 
but we talking about getting it right and a part of me feel like they don't want to get it right i don't i feel like they i feel like they want to put that drama out there in the air i think i really honestly believe that they want to put that drama out in the air and i also feel that they they do have some type of investments in some of these teams being successful or some of these players being successful like that that's just what it is and i don't think it's going to change because i think they like it the way that it is i know vegas like it the way it is you know because especially like when when them point spreads and they start getting close to what vegas wanted to be here come the flags then all of a sudden you know tom brady i mean look i man we all hate the falcons but that that sack by grady jarrett was indeed a sack and that was not rough in the past it was not in the past you know what I'm saying? The other night, that you know, what, what happened to Patrick Mahomes, people are like, man, what about Brady? What happened to him? Like, all I'm saying is they want to protect these quarterbacks because that is their bottom line. That's their bottom line. So they want to, they're going to protect their investment, man. So anybody that's like getting mad at these penalties, anytime the same player team like the Bucks, you know, they're going to protect Tom Brady. Anytime they play a team like the Packers, they're going to be trying to protect Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be trying to protect Patrick Mahomes. That's just the way that it is, folks. They want to keep those, those, the faces of these organizations and the faces of the future faces of the NFL upright. And these guys playing for a long time so they can continue to line their pockets off the sweat and off the backs of some of these star players. It's just that simple. I think if we can neutralize Chase as much as possible and keep the game from being a shootout, we can win this game well look they got to be able to get pressure on joe burrow right i understand that the offensive line of the cincinnati Bengals has improved but they still have some issues and joe burrow does hold on to the ball a little bit too long okay he tries he he suffers from that Jameis winston thing you know saying when you're trying to make a play develop you hold on to the ball as long as possible there's a chance where you're gonna go ahead and get that sack you know what i'm saying because he's trying to wait for t higgins to get downfield or he's trying to wait for you know jamar chase a, a boy to get downfield so you know he is susceptible of, of taking a sack so you got to be able to get that pressure on you got to be able to get that pressure on if you don't he gonna, gonna light you up tj i watched your earlier show i wanted to put you on something about kamara and ingram uh they are uh deceptive uh deceptively uh uh the same size ingram 59215 uh yes deceitfully excuse me deceitfully i don't know deceitfully the same side what they're they're definitely just like yeah they're mark is a little bit more stockier than than um alvin is um if you ever seen alvin kamara in person man small guy like he's small (laughs) he looks small like i mean he's you know what i'm saying like he a he got muscles and stuff like that you know what i'm saying so it makes him look like smaller but he, he look he just looks small mark is more of a stocky guy and mark is probably like at this stage of his life he probably like around 220 225 or something like that probably you know like when he first got into the league you know what I'm saying he was probably about 215 but ain't no way he's that now yeah but they they are the same size um and see our our run defense hasn't been the same uh is the offense to blame for keeping them on the field or is the street on your mother etc to blame uh i just think that it has man it, it's not like they they giving up a bunch of run plays it may be like one big run you know what i'm saying in this case it was two big runs but 
I think that had a lot to do with, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say Chris Harris was on the field and I think it was more about gap containment. And I don't think he understood like we were supposed to be at that particular time. So I, I think that had a lot to do with it. I mean, they give up like one, or, uh, you know what I'm saying, one or two big runs a game, but for the most part, they stopping them. Like if you look at Chris McCaffrey, okay, he had 100 yards, but he ran the ball 25 times to get there. It's not a very, very high average. You know what I'm saying? So they, they, I can understand what you're saying. Like years of back in the day, like you weren't, you weren't sniffing a hundred, but I mean, I just think that how long that offense has these guys on the field, it is a matter of time before they, you know, they actually break. I, I'm just shocked. They haven't broken as much as they possibly have, you know, like they did, like they did last game. I'm just shocked. They didn't break like that several games the way that their offense have them on the field like that hey tj do you think uh part of the answer to the referee problem is to make them professional referees uh that way they would have accountability well look i don't think that full-time referees would make them more accountable than they are right now like they still should be held accountable um i do feel like having them full-time would be beneficial because they can work on the rules and being able to get it right year round. But at the same time, you're still human. Okay. Because I mean, you got what um, basketball, you got baseball. Like I want to say, you know, all these other sports, like the referees are year round and they still mess up. So it's not like it's just going to continue to be perfect. I just think that they, they need to use the power of technology and help. I don't know. Maybe have a guy in the sky, you know what I'm saying? Who can possibly buzz down. Like, I know people talk about the XFL and they talk about it's watered down and it's, you know what I'm saying, it's the replacement game. But one thing that they did get right was the fact that when they did have challenges, they had a guy, you know, at the top that, that can just beam down, you know what I'm saying? Like, if they get something wrong or if it's a pass interference or there's a play they need to look at, why not do that? That's why I feel like the NFL just wants to have controversy. They want to have these problems. They want you to be mad and want to throw things at your television you know i guess because monday morning quarterback can come on and talk about how controversial the play was i don't know but at the same time like when you're busting your tail like march april may all the way up to the season and then all of a sudden like you're trying hard and then it just comes down to a guy with a striped shirt on and a whistle basically deciding your fate and screwing you over it's not a good feeling it's not a good feeling man so I just think that they need to use the power of technology and, and the, the, you know, the technologically advance the game of football. That's what we need to start with. Stop being cheap. Stop, you know what I'm saying, acting like y'all don't have the money to be able to get this stuff right. If y'all can spin a camera around and, and you know what I'm saying, have everybody looking like they, they in a movie when they score a touchdown, you ain't about to tell me that you can't put a little CCTV in a boot all right, and allow a guy to look down on the, on the field, and if they call pass interference and the guy sees it and runs it back, he blows a whistle and say, hey, let's take a look at this. You can do it, but you just don't want to because, once again, maybe you just want the controversy. Maybe that's what you want. Maybe you just want to sell that, but once again, you're playing with guys' livelihoods, and that's not cool. Uh, I missed a five-leg parlay <laughs> uh, on a Bills game for a Singletary not hitting 49 yards. <coughs> And he had six carries for 43. <laughs> uh, what about 10 meters left? Close to the 40-point lead and never got another touch. Oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. 
maybe they knew that, right? Jay Bag, they was like, man, God dog, Jay Bag, man. If he if he get this, <laughs> he about to win his five game, he about to be in his five leg poly. <laughs> maybe there's there's a conspiracy against you too, man. It's not it don't just it just don't uh Start uh stop with the referees, stop with you two, uh starts with you two, uh J Bags. So <laughs> no <laughs> no money to push an overall agenda is what the NFL wants. NFL uh, wanted the Saints to win a Super Bowl after Katrina. Reps had uh uh the back of the Saints that year. Man, look, I do not believe that at all. I do not believe that at all that makes absolutely no sense okay follow me some of y'all probably heard me tell this story again so i apologize and if you if you just got here ask that you hit the like button but slim dan follow me man follow me all right the new orleans saints opened back up the superdome in 2006 right emotional stuff the saints go 10 and 6 right they go 10 and 6 and they get the number two seed in the playoffs, right? They get the number two seed. So they go to the NFC Championship game a year removed from Hurricane Katrina. Now, if the if the NFL really wanted the New Orleans Saints to win the Super Bowl because of Katrina, wouldn't they have allowed the New Orleans Saints to win that year they went to the NFC Championship game in 2006. It was the year after Katrina happened, right? It, it's like with the Houston Astros, right? When the hurricane hit Houston, the the Astros won a, won the World Series, right? For the first time, and I don't know how long. Now, if we want to believe in in you know what I'm saying storylines and you know what I'm saying and all that kind of stuff, there that would would have been a very great moment for the new orleans saints to win right i mean they were in the nfc championship game a year removed from katrina why would the nfl allow them to wait four years to go to the super bowl in 2009 that, that just wouldn't make much sense like i'm just saying if you're gonna strike strike while the iron is hot right you, you had that fresh off the press right you didn't have to go dig into the crates for it like you did in 2009 so that's why i'm saying i don't feel as if you know what I'm saying that was the particular case all right, so if they wanted to make that a storyline, I think they would have did that back uh, in 2006. Took the Saints a minute to build up a good enough team, but I'm just saying though, I'm just saying though, Slim Dan, if if we're talking about if we talking about parody, right, and we talking about storylines, that would have made more sense, right? Because look, I mean, even when you say this, Slim Dan, like the Saints, like what, that the Saints being in that position. That was uncharted waters, man. That was uncharted waters right there. So why not just let them go to Super Bowl, right? You know, so that that's the way that's the way I feel about it. You know, when people say that, man, yo, that, that was a charity ring. I look, I don't feel that way. If it was like if your your argument would have been more like plausible if they would have went in 2006 versus being in 2009, like. Like the city, you know what I'm saying? Like people was rebuilding and doing some different things. Like, you know, it was like, like I feel like in 2006, that probably would have been the best move. But we going to keep that narrative. Uh, if we win the coin flip Sunday, defer. Uh, it starts on defense pressure. Joe X and Jamar get that three and out and attack Eli Apple. <laughs> uh, 
Let's see. Uh, I hope the Saints beat the Bengals and, and Ish talk Eli Apple afterwards. Uh, thank you for explaining that, TJ. And no problem, man. I just feel like if you're gonna do that, think they would have did it the year, you know, year after Katrina versus four years. Personal foul, unnecessary roughness. <laughs> TJ, uh, you was just talking about Tony Jones this morning on your early. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, people were like, man. <laughs> People are like, man, TJ, man, you must be out the loop or something like that, man. You know, Tony, jo- like, I, I just want to, I just want to put this out there, okay? I love the New Orleans Saints. Don't get me wrong, everybody know I do. I like to think I know what I'm talking about, but I don't know everything. And honestly, I don't eat like, I don't eat, sleep, and breathe same football like that. I mean, I do have a wife, I do have a son, <laughs> I do have a career. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some things I'm going to be missing. So that's why I gotta give a shout out to guys like. Like Jerry, you know what I'm saying? Like Jerry emails me like all type of different information, like YouTube, like videos, Saints press conferences, you know, like it, it's stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like he'll, he'll hit me up, you know what I'm saying? And I appreciate that because sometimes, you know what I'm saying, I'm in the thick of things and I'm doing work for WLGI and, you know, like sometimes it, it get missed. And that Tony Jones Jr. situation was indeed missed. You know what I'm saying? It, it was missed. So, I mean – Charge it to, you know, charge it to my uh, head, not my heart. But I appreciate it, though. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it. Like, you know, I appreciate people, you know, trying to keep me on my toes, man. But, you know, I count on y'all a lot, for real. Like, sometimes we'll have a show, and I'm in the middle of a live, and somebody be like, man, you heard about this, TJ? Like, even with uh, Matt Rule. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, like, I honestly learned about Matt Rule on a live when somebody was like, man, Matt Rule got fired. How I mean, it, it's times where I'm not going to know something, and I'm I'm comfortable with that. You know, I don't I don't I don't try to prop myself up like I know everything. I mean, I get my I get behind this mic and I just talk and I get my opinions and you know I get my thoughts and my views. You know, but I appreciate everybody. Like I'm I'm dead serious. Like I appreciate individuals that reach out to me, give me that information in real time, or uh, even behind the scenes because that that kind of stuff is indeed helpful. You know and like I said, when you you got a lot of other things on your plate, sometimes things slip under the cracks. And that Tony Jones Jr. story definitely did because I was talking about him as if he was actually playing for the team. So, yeah. See, Ramsey, it says, TJ, I'm praying for you that you get that radio station general manager job, my brother. You deserve it. Real Ramsey, I appreciate that. Even if I don't, I'm not mad. I still love what I do. I still love my job. I still love being a producer. Um if I don't take on that, that responsibility, I'm still not mad. I'm still going to be there, right? You know what I'm saying? I, I really, I love my job, you know? Reason why I decided to even, like, apply for the, you know, the advanced position is because of how much I love the station. But I love what I do now, you know? I'm able to interview some great people. I'm able to, like, produce all the commercials at our station. So, pretty dope. It's pretty dope. Um, and as I can hear my son waking up, and that's not... He about to come up in here, I'm pretty sure. So I'm about to wrap it up in a minute. <laughs> he was asleep. He realized that I was downstairs, and now he's coming back. Uh, he didn't push him. Go watch the other camera angle they have out. Uh, do you think Landry and Mike T will play this week? I think Landry may play and Mike T, to be honest with you. It depends on the severity of that toe injury that Mike T had. But this seemed like a game that Mike T would want to come back for because of who's who's on the opposite side, right? As a young, talented receiver, 
but I could have said the same thing about that Vikings game because you had Justin Jefferson over there. So, hey, who knows, man? Hopefully he can. But we'll find out. Um, we'll find out uh, tomorrow is the first. Well, actually, today, my time, probably tomorrow, your time, if you're on Central Time. Uh, we'll find out when the first injury report of the week comes out. TJ, what secondary scheme uh, should we run to compensate for the injuries in the secondary while still containing Joe? Uh, look, I think that, to me, uh, I don't think that you need to blitz Joe Burrow. I think you need to try to get home with four. I think I think the Saints are capable of doing it. I think they're capable of doing that uh, and begin, being able to get pressure. I think I think you need to approach this game, Keen Arthur, the same way that you would approach uh, a game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? But you also have to take into account, like, Joe Burrow will scramble out of pocket and try to get some extra yards. So you got to be able to account for the fact that he can scramble on you if – if need be. But I think that you need to approach this game with the same type of scheme that you would normally play uh, a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where you're trying to rush for, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you got some guys out there, you know, like being able to win their, win their matchups, because just like, uh, you know, you have, you'll have Lattimore on, on Evans and then you'll have a Debo probably on Godwin or see at this time, CJ Garner Johnson on Godwin, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be able to approach it that way, okay? I think you need to run it with the same type of scheme that you, that you would with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the same the same uh, defensive scheme they have with Tampa, I think it's the same scheme they need to they need to run uh, against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, finally, I'll end it with Larry Bird. He says we should hit them with a lot of scheme blitzes. I don't know about the blitz. I don't think you want to blitz that dude. I, I don't. I don't. Like, because here is the thing, Larry. Um, the offensive line has improved, like I, I mentioned, I, I alluded to, but it's not to a point where I feel like the Saints can't get home with four. Now, Larry, if I will say this, I agree with what you're saying. If they can't, okay, if you're if if they can't get home with four, and you see Joe picking them apart, and offense like really just kind of stonewalling them boys, then I think you need to switch it up. Maybe make you know, what I'm saying send some type of exotic blitzes and stuff like that. Yes, I do feel that way. But um, but yeah, you know, I, I agree with you, but I don't think you need to start the game out. I think you need to start the game out with the same similar uh defense that you play Tampa with. Because just like Tampa has all those talented receivers, you know, across the board, so does Cincinnati. So you have to take that into account. But I got to go up in here, hear hear my son. But I want to say thank you very much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. I ask that you hit the like button. I ask that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, Also, Facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. You can check me out on Twitter at TJAY Jones 8. And previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. And also, you do not want to miss the State of the Saints podcast tomorrow because I have a special guest coming on the show. He's a friend to the show. He's my guy coming back for the, like the, I want to say the third time uh, from CBS Sports Headquarters, Brian McFadden, two-time Super Bowl champion uh, and also, you know, uh, NFL analyst, college football analyst, uh, former Florida State Seminole. Uh, he'll be on the show talking to us about the New Orleans Saints as well uh as the nfc south so man make sure y'all check out the state of saints podcast my special guest brian mcfadden will be back on the show so thank y'all so much have a good morning noon night whenever you're checking out this podcast 
And like always, all I got to say is, who that?